From a whisper to a roar, our voice has grown in strength and volume. Echoes from our past guide our future as we explore the woman's voice. Today's episode is going to be a fabulous conversation with the co-founder of Mums and Co, Kerry Kwan. Hi, Kerry. Hi, Lisa. So great to be here. Oh, look, it's fabulous to have you. Thank you for coming. I know that we've had many conversations over the last couple of months and I've been looking forward to this. So thank you for taking the time. And I want to hear all the fabulous work that you do. But first, I want you to tell us and the listeners how your voice has led us to be here today or how it led you, I should say. Uh, you know, I think my voice has expressed my sense of curiosity uh, and I'd like to say also my my generosity. Um, I, I think I've always had a pay it forward mentality. I'm always keen to learn uh, and to share um, those learnings. So I've always thought about being uh, related to a bit like a sponge, you know, where you're soaking up a lot of a lot of those learnings, a lot of that goodness, and then paying it forward. Uh, and I think as a two-time founder of, of startups, this has manifested as building a community. So both of my startups have revolved around community. The first was a community of lifestyle lovers, uh, and that was called Daily Addict. And then now with Mums & Co, we're a movement of business-owning mothers across Australia. Fantastic. Do you feel that your life experience has somehow shaped the tone of your voice? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there are so many moments um, and that vast range of experiences, whether it's culture, uh, you know, society. Um, I'd even think of leadership opportunities, my jobs, um, and and that entrepreneurial journey that I've been on. And then, of course, personally, such as becoming a mother. Uh, they've definitely shaped my voice and and it's still probably changing. Uh, and to go into that a little bit more in depth, I'm a Malaysian-born Chinese who grew up in, a, in Sydney, Australia. I have worked in London for five years. Uh, so I'm surrounded by global dialects and sometimes a different sound at home versus uh, even in the school playground. Uh, and, and the tone of voice, I hope, is a respectful and inclusive one. I think I've, my parents have always uh, instilled that in me and a way of sharing traditions during, you know, that, that sort of with that Malaysian Chinese heritage as well. So uh, I, I see my tone of voice have been shaped by that. Uh, and then thinking back on my schooling years, which I, I really loved, um, that's where I found perhaps my first leadership opportunities uh, as, a, as, a, as a school captain. Uh, and then as a involved in the Australian Air Force as a cadet, I think I found my voice as, as very much um, then as a tool of probably command, which which uh, sometimes probably comes out again in motherhood. Yes. <laughs> uh, and, and over the years, my voice has been shaped into a more independent one. Mm. Um, I, I think separate to being, uh, you know, my voice as a daughter and a, a sister and a friend, uh, I think my my professional voice has been shaped from a corporate background, uh, starting in perhaps a, a very enthusiastic professional services background, then jumping over to to London, uh, where I'm I'm hearing sort of new new 
new dialects, uh, new way of speaking. I still probably refer to my duvet uh, instead of the doona and eggplants, <laughs> you know, aubergines instead of eggplants. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I think, I think that's, that's been a journey. And then of course, when I started my, my, my business voice, uh, and I was just getting into that, that sort of patter, I think I had, um, I got married and I had my children. Um, and this is when you sort of find a full voice range. Yes. Um, and that's perhaps we're in a more nurturing, a more sort of caring, uh, and direct you know, being direct with my children. I'm really uh, interested in hearing more about, I mean, I think that you have a beautiful, very rounded, solid tone to your voice. I could listen to it all day. And and so much so that I would say that you've trained and you've, you, you're a singer at some level. But I just want to hear more about how, did the Air Force play a big impact in strengthening your physical voice? I'm sure it did. So if you can picture uh, uh, my, my, my role as a cadet um, in my senior years, so this was when I was in, you know, maybe 17 or 18, 19, was as a cadet warrant officer. So the warrant officer role is, you know, it's the drill, it's this disciplinarian. So we're barking a lot of commands on the drill square. Uh, and if you can picture things like a few good men and that scene where they're throwing rifles to each other, um, that's the type of squad that I was commanding. And uh, I didn't. I don't think I realised at the time, but that you, you really have to have a strong, an assertive, loud voice, a booming type of voice when you're giving those sorts of commands. Uh, and so I'm sure it actually helped in the actual voice projection side of things. <laughs> you're very, you're very feminine in every way, you know, to look at you and to listen to you. How did you balance between that very masculine tone and that feminine tone? Was there something that you had to really work at? Because I do know other people, females that have been in the military, and they struggle to release that masculine tone when they come back out into normal society let's say was there something that you consciously did uh, I, there's probably a I, I never I, I think there is a strength in women I, I'd probably say that that strength is never not feminine um, so I think you can find a strong feminine voice mm. uh, and I I was very lucky I think I I always had um, some fabulous mentors, some people who who bash me, and and I guess the the structure of of the of the military is you know it's very equal in that sense. Uh, everyone's afforded the same opportunity. So I I don't know if um, I don't know if 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 that melding of feminine and uh, uh, that that sort of I actually think there's another influence too when I'm thinking about it my my mother I'm not sure she was actually um a an executive assistant and she has the most amazing phone voice wow. <laughs> I, I I'm, I'm just wondering and maybe that that feminine side of her um you know I, I think back fondly on my uh, calling my mother because she would just pick up the phone in the most amazing <laughs> 
amazing, warm, uh, and 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 sort of that assuring voice. So perhaps that some, had something to do with it. Well, certainly she would have influenced your tone, and I think the message there is that just because you're in a male-dominated workplace doesn't mean that you have to lose your feminine tone. You can still maintain your truth in that space, can't you? Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't think um, maybe I've always just believed in my message, like what I'm saying, uh, and and that that sort of whether I'm a woman or not, or um, of a, a minority background um, of, of Chinese and you know descendant, but it, it's never really I think um, held me back in that sense. Do you feel that you're 100? percent in tune and connected to your voice today or is it an ongoing work in progress I feel pretty comfortable with my voice uh and that's because I'm more familiar with it and more accustomed to it than I ever have been uh and as you know you Lisa and any business owner will probably be able to relate to as business owners we are our own champions our own salespeople, our own coaches and commentators uh, and I've seen and heard my voice more frequently uh, than ever because because of that journey. And so uh, even to the point where I guess, you know, we're about to launch uh, our, own vo- our, own, our own podcast called Mumbition. And I think that that voice is certainly a tool uh, that's helped me in that journey. Uh, look, of, of course, it's probably a work in progress. And um, I've learned actually a lot from collaborating with you as well. So I'll continue to use it to amplify what I feel needs to be said and heard. Has there ever been a time that you've been afraid to speak your truth? I've always had uh, and shared my opinions with varying degrees of volume. I think that's there is definitely a cautious side of me uh, to to reveal a more personal side of me and and not for want of hiding anything but I, I suppose it's a, a blend of this cultural a cultural side the leadership aspects that I mentioned before um, even my profession side of things I've kind of always worked in you know I started in PR so what I was, the messages that I was saying would always have a different lens on it. I'd always have to, you know, maybe even toe the company line mm. early on. Uh, and I do feel that I have to curate my vulnerability, that, that vulnerable side that, you know, to protect that. And also because I'm a mother, uh, I, I do feel like sometimes there's that bridge of how personal do you want to be and respecting my children and family's privacy. Mm. Can I just just jump in there because I think that that's really important for our listeners to understand when you are a leader such as yourself that you decide very clearly what your boundaries are to what you will and won't talk about because when you understand where that boundary is, the fear of being asked something or, or being put into a situation where you feel like you haven't got the words or the vocabulary because it may cross a boundary that you hadn't created that really clear line. Is that something that you've done? It sounds like that you've really set that boundary and gone, right, we're not crossing that boundary in my conversations or in my interviews. I think it's been a mix. So I always like to relate it back to the, my values. Yes. 
And I, I have that in a personal sense and in a business sense. So they're the, they're the areas that I play with most comfortably. And they're the areas that I actually want to amplify. I want to make sure that I talk about those areas more. So there's having that sort of foundation of um, uh, this is this is what I want to get across in terms of messaging, but also with the areas that I'm comfortable to play in. And usually there's so many areas in there uh, that, that you can play with. Um, I think that's really important. And then I think I've learned as a communicator that people don't, people aren't able to process that much as well. So I think you almost take it back to, you know, the rules of three, <laughs> the rules of three and, and, and keep that. If you want to be known for something, and I, I think I come back to thinking about being an early adopter and being in the startup space. Um, I was in the startup space in, in 2007. So uh, if you think back to it, it's when Twitter was new, um, when uh the, the term digital media influencer probably didn't exist or blogger didn't exist. It was a term that wasn't even really known in Australia. Uh, and in, in that, in that space, um, I'm actually trying to help people understand new concepts, um, and get their buy-in for very unknown areas. So, uh, yeah, I think, I think it's just been, I know that I can't get too complicated a message out. So I'm trying to focus on the core things that I want them to take away. Yes, keep it simple is is the message there. Do you like the sound of your own voice? I I'm comfortable with my voice. I'm I'm really grateful to have it. Uh, and, and yeah, I would probably say I'm quietly proud to have it too. Um, it is such a it is the tool. It's that way for me to communicate um, and persuade and connect uh, to share to to provide comfort. It's, it's, you know, it is such an important part of me. And, uh, I was talking even to my husband about this, this interview and he's, he kind of reminded me, he goes, I actually found your voice a little intimidating at first. Uh, and he thought I sounded like a, a TV presenter. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I would say that I'm, I'm comfortable with my voice. Well, thank you for sharing that because most people say, no, I don't like the sound of my voice. So I think it's important for people to hear and understand that there's a really, there's a deep connection that can be made, an intimate connection that can be made between you and your voice. And it's important to develop that. If Oprah's voice was a colour, what colour do you think it would be? It would be a rich, vibrant purple. And do you think that that's connected because she's with the colour purple? could have been some some something firing my in my brain that connect that went there uh, I think she's a very regal and strong character I think she's got presence um a bit like royalty so that's probably where I was going with that Absolutely. Purple. And, and most people say say purple because it has that depth and uh, and you know if we're going to have a texture with it usually it's like a velvet Okay, it's got that beautiful warmth in it. So if Oprah's voice is purple, what do you think your voice is? What colour is your voice? Uh, I think this is such a fascinating question and um, I, I've i been described as someone who sounds, who, who, who projects a sense of calm uh, and uh, a touch of a touch of sophistication. So I would maybe go to a teal type of blue lovely i love that um, and what color do you think it is when you're um telling the children off 
I immediately jumped to orange. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> like warning, time. warning sign. Yes. Listen to me. <laughs> you are going in the wrong direction. Here. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I love that. Have you ever suffered from the imposter syndrome, that thought in your head that you're not good enough? Yes, of course I have. Uh, and I would def- I would say it's unusual for any small business owner or entrepreneur, change maker, um, someone who's creating impact, um, who, who hasn't, you know, who, who hasn't at some stage question, am I meant to be here? Uh, and, you know, who am I to, who am I to be the advocate for, for business owning mums? Um, Do you and- see this in, you know, you work with women, mums across the country all the time. Do you see that this is prevalent? Is it the number one thing that stops women from from achieving what they want to achieve, this imposter? I think I would put it under the umbrella of confidence, overall confidence. Mm. And uh, it is a big challenge. It's an emotional challenge and it's almost a consistent challenge because I think it's they're, go- they're stepping into the unknown. Um, you know, we know that more than half of our business owner community are starting businesses in areas where they've got no prior experience. So how could you possibly know everything? How can you possibly have the answers to everything or the expertise and capability that you need? So at some point you're going to be going, I need to figure it out. Uh, and it's also exciting because they're, you know, they're finding their voice to um represent themselves or whatever their product and service or, or purpose is. So it is certainly something that is prevalent. Um, I think it can be managed. I don't think it can, it needs to paralyze, um, paralyze anyone. Uh, and I think it's an act of hum- humbleness. I think that questioning of who am I is part of that process to say, I don't have all the questions, um, but it's how we deal with it. It's, it's how to, how to actually then go, okay, I, I recognise that I'm out of my depth or I recognise that I'm learning something here and being pushed. So, But how do I, what do I need to do now? How do I progress that? How do I meet that gap in knowledge? Or, um, and I think that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a important process for us as entrepreneurs and business owners to go through. And then I like to say that it will become more of an acquaintance than, yes. You know, it's just like, oh, hi, it's you again, you know. <laughs> what do you want today? Yeah, we're, we're, you know, you popped up because I'm obviously being stretched and um, I'm learning something new or I'm solving a different problem. Yeah, I love um, your perspective that, you know, I think that when the imposter does pop up, sometimes it means that you are growing, that, you know, it's a protection mechanism. It's the brain saying, do you really want to do this? Do you really want to step forward? And that can be exciting. Yeah, definitely. Treat it like that. Um, uh, something something is good happening. You're you're expanding uh, and probably progress, progressing. You know, absolutely. Many people today, or women today, find it difficult to make themselves heard at in those conversations or at that boardroom table. Do you have any tips on how women can make sure that they are heard in those conversations that matter? Um, yeah, look, absolutely. And I was thinking back to, um, I think there is a scary statistic in terms of 75% of women, um, will experience imposter syndrome at some point in their careers. Um, 
And I think my theory is around that women sometimes don't know what they want to say. So we actually need to practice our pitch. We actually need to share our story with confidence. We need to be able to um, know the topics that matter to us and, and you know, even that little exercise of, of writing your own sort of thought leadership piece or byline about that topic uh, and then getting, you know, the, the confidence to share that, um, whether it's, you know, LinkedIn posts or, um, you know, ultimately pitching to media and saying, hey, can I write a byline for you? Um, getting in conversations and, and you know, channels with people that you actually admire about these sort of areas. So I think, um, you know, we need to get we need to get braver and bolder in, in getting involved in these conversations. Um, and that might be around finding, you know, what we call your, your company as well, your co, um, whether they be women or men, uh, you know, and whatever sort of backgrounds they are, I think they need to, you need to get involved in creating that sort of posse around you um, uh, and help, help them, uh, help them get them to understand what topics matter to you, you know, and sharing sort of your, your um, points of view as well. Thank you. Do you see that women are still generally apologising for being in a conversation, whether that be with tone, body language, inflection? Yeah. I, I sat up there when you... <laughs> <laughs> or literally saying, I'm sorry for interrupting, but can I say, asking for permission to speak. I, um, I've heard the word but is not a, a good word to use because it cancels out everything that you said beforehand. So I really love that little tip. I have always believed since I started Mums & Co in 2016 that business doesn't suit business-owning mothers. Uh, and I think we need to make a conscious decision and commit to being more um, ambitious, we call it mumbitious, uh, and mumbition is the unapologetic blending of ambition and motherhood. Um, because the world, you know, the business world was constructed by, let's say, you know, white white men, you know, in their <laughs> in their boardrooms. Um, you know, what is normal for them is actually very, it's very unique. Uh, and 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 uh, un- perhaps unusual for us, with exception. So I think we need to look at it in that context and see what works for us now. We need to reframe things. We need to use language in a way that works for us. Um, I think we also need to watch uh, when we say things like "sorry" or um, you know, what are we really trying to say, and and what do you really want to say? So rather than apologising, we need to just get straight into the point. How do you think we can teach our daughters to speak their truth? I I actually have two sons, so I would love to broaden this to children um, yeah, in, in sure. that context. And I think, you know, I'm a role model. Any working parent mm. is a role model. And I hope I'm showing my sons that women can create this world where they don't have to choose between their ambition and their livelihood, um, their family, uh, that, that being a good mum 
has a job and runs a business whilst being there for them. You know, it's uh, it really starts at sort of that home unit, uh, and and then it sort of extends to the community and at work. And um, I think all that collectively will pay extraordinary dividends to them to be good people, to be good humans. So uh, I, I'm I'm conscious about being that example. Like they can see it. I'm conscious about the language that I use. Um, we don't call our our sort of my nieces or any other young girl words like bossy or you know that that's yeah. that that's those language bits are really important those words mm-hmm. what advice would you give to help women reconnect to their voice today i well i'm all about the pitch <laughs> i'm all about the pitch write down your pitch write down what your story is um can so you, that you tell pro- us about i know that you've got your program can you tell our listeners about your program about the pitch because it's fantastic what you've done oh, i'd love to look i'm very passionate about women being able to pitch their story confidently uh because that pitch environment isn't necessarily, um, you know, it's not just a competition, like a pitch competition, or it's not just, you know, when you're talking to investors, we are pitching every day of our business lives. Mm-hmm. Then probably in the personal respects too, I'm pitching to my children and, yeah. you know, at, at dinner time and bath time. And, <laughs> it, you know, the concept of pitching is really just an opportunity to share your story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I would build on that and say, it's the opportunity to influence and um, hopefully get an emotional connection with someone so that you can continue that conversation. So the pitch, uh, the the Confident Pitching for Businesswomen course is a new course that we've just launched. It's a six, it's currently in a six-week module. So there's nine digital videos uh, over that course and some collaborative learning opportunities. So we get together as a cohort. We practice our pitching in a safe environment. Um, we get feedback from experts and, of course, myself. Uh, and then throughout other business women who are part of that co- cohort, they can share their learnings and their insights and what they're hearing as well. So um, it's a real collaborative experience. Uh, and every every week we sort of cover different aspects of the pitch. So one one topic might be the elevator pitch, how to influence in under a minute. Then there's the universal pitch deck, which is how to, um, the, you know, the 14 slides that you need to cover off almost any scenario right up into confidence. You know, that's the module that we've, we have your expertise in, in terms of finding your voice um, and how to have a forthright, confident voice. Um, I love your tips on, you know, how, how to handle the nerves and and um, how to how to make sure that you're heard, yeah. and then we go up through to um, some tools for capital raising. So when you're actually going to that point where you're about to biz the you know meet the bank manager or you're about to meet with an investor, you know what sort of information will they want to know in their pitch? Mm. And there is a layer. Obviously, we know that this is this is for business women. We know that there are some uh, gender bias. There is some, you know, times when we get asked very awkward questions. So how do we actually handle that um, and share the learnings from other successful female founders as well? And where can our listeners jump on and get the, uh, or buy into the program? Yeah, just um, jump onto mumsandco.com.au and um, you can look at the pitch course uh, tab there. Uh, and we are looking at, 
releasing this in a number of cohorts and then also in a self-paced learning. So we, we've very, very much customized this into snackable learning. So you don't need to devote too much time with it um, to get that pitch confidence and readiness. Fantastic. I would like to know, because I'm not convinced that you're not a singer with this fabulous voice of yours, what is your go-to female empowerment? Get pumped, get ready for that big uh, that big meeting. What do you go to? What song? Oh, oh gosh. Um. <laughs> See, I got you. I crossed that boundary. I just tiptoed over that boundary and just went, come on, let us in. What do you dance to? When I was young, I was all about Whitney, like all oh, about God. Whitney. <laughs> so um, she, yeah, she was, she was definitely, I think I could credit her with helping me find my voice. I'm sure in the early days and, you know, I'm, like I said, my mum was, mum was always a, uh, encouraging me to get the karaoke microphone yeah. <laughs> growing up. So yeah, look, like, um. Yeah, definitely. When I was growing up, it was Whitney. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. All right. So when you walk into a room or into the meeting or you're going to do the interview, how do you want people to feel at the end of that conversation? I um, I want them to know that they are... I wanted them to feel intrigued enough. I always want them to be intrigued and engaged enough to want to do more with me or to find out more or to um, whatever it might be. It's like, how could I, I'm, I'm here. I want to hear more. Uh, and then I, I think that I try to always build a lot of credibility into what we're, what I'm saying. So that, that probably is a sense of security then that if you come along with us, then you're in safe hands um, come along and join us in creating a world where women don't have to choose between their family and careers. Um, you know, we're doing we're doing this together, and we're doing it in a in an exciting and um, a professional way. How many people have you got in Mums and Co now? We're a national community, um, and we're I would say we're north of 20,000 20, in our overall community across all our sort of channels that we engage with with mums in business, but that's still a way to go. There's 345,000 of us across Australia. Um, that's small business owners with dependent children. So please feel free to introduce us to another business owning mum. Fantastic. And you can get that information on Mums & Co. And I will definitely share that on the copy. Before we go, I just want to hear what's next for your voice. You're one of the first few people that I've shared this with because you're obviously a guest um, on our new podcast, podcast which we're preparing to launch. It is called Mumbition. Uh, the post podcast is by Mums & Co and it's going to share incredible stories of women and a few men uh, unapologetically blending um, parenthood, motherhood and ambition uh, for insights and their practical tips uh, on how to harmonise uh, this triangle of ambition, livelihood, and well-being. So that's what's coming up. Thank you. And I love hearing you speak because you speak in so many beautiful floral colours. That when I when I hear people speak, I see colour. So it's just an absolute joy. Thank you for joining us today and I wish you every luck in the future.
It's been such a pleasure. One of my favorite podcast interviews. Thank you, Lisa. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks for joining me today to strengthen your voice. You want to be heard and you deserve to be heard. We're here to make sure that the woman's voice is heard. I'm Lisa Lachlan Bell and together we are The Woman's Voice. Thanks to our official sponsor, The Voice Draw. For more information on your voice, go to thewomansvoice.com.au.